0: I like to stay alone to keep my head from exploding. People call me crazy. Well, this
1: is Finding Satan.
0: I hate most crowded places. They're all fake destinations. My Her sleeping
1: bag and backpack, and most importantly, the keys to the RAV4, are still here. So I pack up the sleeping bags and put the keys in my pocket. I rinse the blood off my feet with bottled water. It's ice cold, but my feet already hurt so bad I don't even care. I leave the gear in a pile in the clearing and head into the woods. I try not to look at the trees as I go, the ones that ring the fire pit, the ones that have seen what they have seen. I can't tell if the ground looks disturbed. I'm not a fucking tracker, and I don't know what forests normally look like. I walk east, towards the blank area on the map, and if there's red splattered on the ground, I don't see it. The walk is soothing without the sound of cars and voices. I like the solitude. I understand why people do this, go out and walk alone in the woods, or with friends who are the same, who value the silence and stillness. I imagine that must be nice. I don't really care for nature, for all the bugs and leaves, and all the life. Although the smell of dirt and dew is nice. What would it be like to walk like this in the cities, just quietly moving down concrete sidewalks in complete silence? No honking, no chatter, no yelling, just this complete emptiness. I walk for hours that feel like days. The air changes. The silence turns from peaceful to an expectant hush, and I instinctively stop and veer to the left, moving slower now, careful not to make any noise. Something is out there. I move slowly toward it. The trees are thinning, and soon we will be exposed to each other, me and it. Whatever it is, the thing that is waiting for me on the other side. I am suddenly convinced that it is looking for me, just as I am looking for it. And when we find each other, something will happen. I don't know what. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I keep circling around, excitement and fear steering me. But still, I get closer and closer until I can't put it off any longer. And I step through the tree line and stop. Instead of the monster I've created in my head, there's a clearing, an empty space, 20 feet deep. And across that empty space is a white brick wall, 12 feet high and humming with energy. It stretches as far as I can see to the left and the right with a very gentle curve that tells me this thing is huge. This wall is hiding something big. I want to touch it, so I walk across the empty space. It makes me feel lightheaded and nauseous, but I don't care. When I get to the wall, I brush it lightly with my fingertips. Stone is warm to the touch. My fingers buzz when they make contact. Not like an electric shock, but a little like that, toned down. It doesn't hurt. It's nice. I step forward and press my whole body against it, my face, again against stone and it warms me to my core. It feels like home. I finally step back, but I turn right and keep my left hand on the wall as I start walking again. The stones talk to me. They tell me we are both lost, both in the wrong place. And I don't know what they mean, but I find myself nodding anyway. Yes, I understand. The stones are happy I'm here, but they are not the one. They were not looking for me, so I keep going. Ten minutes pass before I see the road, a break in the wall, and I stop to watch. Topiaries line the road, great green statues in familiar shapes. There are cameras on the top of the wall pointing at the road, so I hang back behind the planters. And I'm glad I do because there's a car coming down the road and my stomach falls and I sink to my knees, trying to stay hidden, trying to watch. The car stops at the gates and some sort of silent communication happens because after a minute the gates open and the car passes by me so close, just six feet away, and I see the driver. It's Michael. I must have passed out. When I wake up, the sun is higher in the sky. The car is gone, and I'm curled up against the wall. My feet don't hurt anymore, but there's still blood under my nails. It's a good thing my feet don't hurt anymore because as soon as I'm fully awake, I stand up and run across the dead zone, back into the trees, and I run as far and fast away from Michael as I can. It doesn't matter how much I want to see inside that compound. I'm not going anywhere near it as long as he's there. I don't know how, but I make it back to the campsite in a fraction of the time it took me to find the compound. I grab the backpacks, one on each shoulder, and both of the sleeping bags. I try to pace myself as I head back to where we parked the car, but everything in me wants to run far and fast to just keep running and never stop. Home seems very far away. I'm sweating and out of breath by the time I get to the car. I throw everything in the back seat and lock the doors before pausing to take a long drink of water. I'm shaking with adrenaline and I need to calm down before I start driving, but every instinct is screaming at me to get away from Michael. When I start the car, Godsmack is playing and I hit the off button. I don't need to hear that. I don't see anyone entering or leaving the park as I drive out. There are no cars in the parking lot at all. I guess everyone knows not to come here. Everyone but me. My phone buzzes as soon as I get cell signal on the highway outside of the park. Emails, new alert, and a bunch of frantic texts from Matt. I can't read all of them while I'm driving, but the last few just say, Call me, over and over again. I hesitate. I'm not sure I want to know, but I need to, so I call him.
2: Clara, are you okay?
1: I'm fine, what's up? I don't look at my nails.
2: Where have you been? Have you heard? I was camping, what's going on? Camping? Jesus Christ, Clara, seriously, camping? No, don't tell me. Listen, Black Hole Sun, there's all this chatter online. They're in Texas. They were spotted at the airport. They're looking for-
1: I know, I know they're looking for me.
2: I don't know how to tell you this, but you know what? No, listen. They're not here for you. They said Sarah is back. She's there, Clara. She's there in Texas. They said they had her, but they lost her. She got away. I have to come to Texas. I need to find her.
1: My lips are numb. I- I, I thought you said you were done with this.
2: If there's any chance that she's alive, I need to know. I need to know she's okay.
1: Alive and okay aren't the same thing.
2: But yeah, I get it. Clara, I'm gonna fly out. Where can I meet you? We can look for her together. Clara?
1: I hang up and pull into Nicole's parents' driveway. I'm not ready to face Matt. I'm not ready for any of this.
3: Clara thinks I'm the psycho, but I saw what she did and I know things she doesn't know. I'll never understand these women who don't know who they are. I was born knowing exactly what I was. The only thing I don't know is why they won't take the power that's dangling right in front of them. It's right fucking there. Lilith told me to go into the woods, so I did. She still hates me, and I don't trust her. But we're all we have right now. She doesn't really have any better options, you know? So I went into the woods. The witch signs comforted me and gave me strength. I crouched in the tree branches and watched them. With their little fire and their small suspicions and no idea they were being watched. It was so funny. We're all watching them. I know what happened to Nicole, but I'm not ready to say. A girl can't spill all her secrets at once. But I do have something to give you. A little bit of information. Our girl Clara is too busy losing her crackers after seeing Michael she thinks she's investigating but she didn't even look inside you have to look at the insides you know you know (laughs) there is a temple in the middle of the woods it's the size of one of those mega churches but it's not a church it's a temple do you know the difference i'm in a good mood so i'll tell you churches are for praying for worship For contemplation, for counseling, for talking, for forgiveness. Temples are for getting shit done. Churches are symbolic, a metaphor. Temples are the real deal. You get it now, right? There are two things you do in a temple. Two real things. Although some people like to dress them up and add on some bells and whistles, like sex or chanting and whatnot, but none of that matters. Temples are for sacrificing and summoning. That's it. You kill things, and you bring things into this world, and if you're doing it right, you do both. You gotta do one to get the other. (laughs) Life is all about gives and gets, after all. Clara isn't going to get anywhere unless she opens her fucking eyes. I watched her sleep. The best sleep she's got. Outside that temple in the woods, while Michael moved into the temple they didn't know they were building for him, she crawled up close to that wall, hugging it like the mother she never had. What a laugh. I know why those stones feel like home, Clara. And guess what? He still doesn't want you. Nicole did, though. Too bad you fucked that up. She was cute. You're gonna need to make some moves to get on this game board. I pat those same stones like an old and tired pet. They've seen some shit. The stones help me up the wall, in a gap between the cameras. The gate isn't the only place with cameras, you fucking turnip. This place has cameras everywhere. Cameras and cell jammers and a secret Wi-Fi network. They've got bait here too. Locked up in little rooms underground. I don't like the bait. I don't like it. Lilith told me about the bait. She was mad. Almost as mad as when I tried to kill Sarah. She told me I need to do something. And then she'll give me a present. My arms and legs are longer now. And I crouch like a demon under the wall while I decide what to do. I idly scratch a sign into the stones of the wall and bite my lip. A drop of blood falls to the ground and I mix it with the dirt. They've got a lot of bait. Seems like they're going for a big fish. Well, all I can say is, Daddy doesn't care. He won't come here for this, if that's what they're hoping for. I make a paste out of the mud and the dirt and I press it into the wall while I wait for the sun to set. I'm surprisingly good at waiting. You have no idea how long I've waited already. It's the first thing Lilith taught us, to wait for our time. The temple has a high front facade, but that's all it is, a facade, Lilith told me. It's an inverted temple, the pinnacle reaching deep underground. Sinister, right? That's how you know it was built by men. They think they can find their power by reaching into a hole, by going down, 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 by reaching deep into the earth. They don't know the earth doesn't want them. Michael is still inside. The sun sets and I move. I dart and I dance across the manicured lawn and through a side door that unlocks for me. There are cameras there too, but I'm just a shadow. I'm nobody, and nobody will see me. The door closes softly behind me and I tiptoe across the carpet. It's very clean, very new. I wonder how often it gets replaced. I make my way through the maze of hallways and come into the grand foyer from the side. It's empty, just like me, and the gray marble and the black stone staircase descends into the depths of the temple, huge and winding. I hang back and wait. Michael and his entourage walk in from another hallway, all dressed in black robes, sleeves tinted red inside. This is my first time seeing him, and I hate him instantly. The loathing is deep and sudden. I have to hold myself back. Everyone with him has their face covered by their hoods, but not Michael. He walks proudly with his hood down, dark hair flowing back over his shoulders like wings. They walk silently on the gray marble and descend the stairs without saying a word. But as they turn the first curve in the stairs before moving out of sight, the one just behind Michael looks at me. He's small, almost child-sized, and he looks me in the eyes and smiles. He nods just slightly and keeps walking without saying a word. I get a feeling, like I've never been so known in my life. I wait another fifteen, twenty minutes. No one else comes. According to my watch, it's time, so I walk to the stairs and make my way down. The black stone repels me. I don't like it. I walk as quickly as I can. I keep going past the first level, but at the second one, I cross the small landing and into a hallway filled with doors. I know I'm in the right place. I start opening doors. Behind the doors are small rooms, with a bed and a toilet and a sink. Cells, really. They're empty. Some of them are dirty and smell like humans, so I know they were recently occupied some have recently been cleaned none look unused these cells once had girls in them i have a bad feeling i turn down another hallway and keep opening doors until finally i start to find them the girls the bait i open their doors and wave them to me they are exhausted and wary but one by one they follow me silently These are girls who understand the importance of waiting, of being quiet. These are girls who have learned how to get by. They're all pretty, but most of them have that look. You know the one. The one where you can tell this isn't the first bad thing that's happened to them. That mixture of hardness and yearning. The girl who expects a hit, but looks for the love, even in pain. The girls who think they have to go together, the love and the pain.
0: It shouldn't be like this.
3: I nod. She's right. It shouldn't be like this. I find 20 girls. It's not enough. I'm sad for these girls, but I'm even more sad for the ones already gone. The ones we didn't find in time. The ones from the empty rooms. Those girls are gone and they're not coming back. I take the ones I've found. They follow me quiet. Anger replacing their fear. I can feel it shimmering in the air behind me and I turn once to look at them. And I show them my eyes. I show them what's inside me and they understand. They know my anger is even greater than theirs. I find the side door, the one that leads to the underground garage. There's a shuttle there. They don't want to get in, but I hand one of them the keys. It's not the church shuttle, I whisper. It just looks like one of theirs, but it isn't. This is your best way out. You don't want to go into the woods. Some of them shudder. They're the ones who have been there long enough to know what goes on in the woods. Aren't you coming with us? One of the girls asks, and I shake my head. I have something else to do first. I look hard at the girl with the keys. The tank is full, and there's a burner phone in the driver's seat. There's also some cash for the girls who need it. Take the road straight out of here. It doesn't go through the park entrance. It'll put you on Highway 183. You want to go west on 183, you understand? She nods. I can see it in her eyes. She wants to run. Good. I wait for them to get in the shuttle and drive up the ramp and out the gates. They're gone, I tell Lilith.
0: Then get on with it.
3: I... I don't want this next part. I find Michael exactly where I expect to find him. Deep underground in the temple, standing at the altar, arms covered in blood. His nineteen disciples stand along the walls of the temple, hoods still up, hands hidden by their sleeves. There are pews in the temple room, but they're empty. A man and a woman stand next to Michael. She's blonde and wound up real tight. He looks like he highlights his hair and spends hours finding the perfect color of jeans to bring out his eyes. I hate them on sight. The woman is looking at what's on the ground. Her face is expressionless, but then she looks up at Michael and tries to frown. Nothing's happening. I thought something was supposed to happen. Michael looks at her with irritation. Then he sees me standing in the doorway, and he relaxes.
4: That was just the bait. This here is the main event.
3: He points at me with his knife, and the woman and the man she hopes is hers both turn to look at me. I wave at them with my middle finger, and her mouth does this thing that is supposed to indicate disgust. But I don't care, because she brought Michael here to kill a bunch of girls she was supposed to be taking care of, and it doesn't even fucking matter. They were girls. They were living, breathing girls, and now they're on the floor, their blood pooling, and it doesn't even do what they want it to do. He's not coming. If a couple of assholes killing girls could summon the fucking devil, he'd have come a thousand times already. It doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work.
4: Annabelle.
3: And the dead girls on the floor say nothing. The room is a circle, you know? It's a circle and it's deep under the ground. The walls are made of black stone and the floor, it too is black and it's slippery with blood. I'm here. Why is she
4: here? She's what the bait was for.
3: He sets his knife down on the altar. He cleans his hands with a towel and then he cleans the handle of the knife before picking it back up.
4: Come here, Annabelle. Look what I did, Annabelle. I made this for you. Don't you like it?
3: I'm tired of girls dying, Michael. So no, not really.
4: I don't believe you. I think you don't care who dies. Do you? Nope.
3: He grabs the blonde woman and slices his knife across her throat. Her blood spills on the altar, and the man turns white and starts gibbering in surprise.
4: But we brought you here. Shut up. You don't matter.
3: This isn't going to bring him here, Michael.
4: I think you underestimate yourself, Annabelle. You don't think the Dark Lord would come for you?
3: I grit my teeth. I know he won't, because he hasn't. So no, killing me won't bring him. I've been saying this over and over again. He doesn't fucking care.
4: My dad cares.
3: Then where the fuck is he, Michael?
4: Come on, Annabelle. You know it's time. Come lie down here like a good girl. Although, and I hate to say this, I was hoping you'd wear white.
3: I cannot tell you how much I want to kill him. Lilith said she's not sure I can, but I want to find out. I want to find out right now! I start walking up the aisle towards him. His acolytes don't move. They don't say a word. They won't interfere. As I get closer, I can see their robes have a black sun on the left breast. Black Hole Sun. They open with the sun. And I realize the small one is David. I recognize that fucked up voice. He smiles and waves with his small child's hand, and I wish he wasn't here to see this, even though his voice is a doorway to hell, and I know he can see a future that's worse than anything that's happened here. The man at the altar with Michael is shouting at him. He grabs at me as I pass.
4: I'll kill your bitch, Michael. I'll kill you for this.
3: I have my knife ready, and I stab him in the throat and shove him away.
4: (laughs) I always knew you had it in you, Annabelle.
3: I lunge for him just as he raises his knife and comes for me. There are no winners today, except maybe for the 20 girls who got away. Clara is crying in a shower somewhere, trying to wash away the guilt. The leaders of this awful church are dead, so that's a good thing, I guess. But there are a dozen dead girls inside the temple, and however many dead out in the woods. One day I'll tell you what goes on out there, but today is not that day. Because I'm lying on an altar with Michael, our blood mingling and dripping on the floor. We are both alive, but barely. I'm too tired to move. I've got cuts everywhere, and so does he.
4: Not the face
3: he whispered to me before he lost too much blood and stopped talking. "'Show me your wings,' I said, and then he tried to stab me in the chest. "'Then show me your insides instead. I tried to gut him so many times. Lilith was right. He's not easy to kill, but then again, neither am I. Now we're lying here together, bleeding, and the nineteen acolytes have fallen one by one, all except David, who bears witness.' This was all for nothing. I got the girls out, but I should have gone with them. I can't kill Michael, and hopefully he can't kill me, but I feel like death and the smell of blood is a lot. It's just all a lot right now. The blood is a trail. It's a river, it's running down the altar steps onto the ground. It's seeping into the black floor and the floor starts to change. Lines of black light snaking through the center. Whose circle is this? I ask the air.
4: It's mine. (laughs) It's mine, Annabelle. They made it for me. And they didn't even know it.
3: We need to go. I'm good. The sigils in the floor keep lighting up. They're unlocking now. Shit. Not again. We're going to die in there. He just shakes his head. The air sizzles and the black circle opens. I clench my teeth and get ready to start screaming. But it it just opens.
4: We're safe on the altar. Unlike you, I actually knew what I was doing.
3: He's such a dick. Red light and smoke pours out of the circle. And there's something in there. There's a shape in the smoke walking towards us. I get a sinking feeling and I start to wish we had been pulled down into the circle. Lilith is grinning, crouched in the back of my brain, and she purrs as she says,
0: Well done, Annabelle. Well done.
3: What the fuck did we just do?
1: Finding Satan is written and directed by Gabrielle Aw, produced by Jeremy Herbel, and starring Abby Claus and Mike Scalero. Finding Satan is a Black Cat Collective podcast.